0: My name is Dina Jabour, and I am part of the Chantilly Community Group. This morning's scripture reading is from five different passages. Ecclesiastes 4, 7 through 12. I observed yet another example of something meaningless under the sun. This is the case of a man who is all alone, without a child or a brother, yet who works hard to gain as much wealth as he can. But then he asks himself, Who am I working for? What am I giving up so much pleasure now? It is all so meaningless and depressing. Two people are better off than one, for they can help each other succeed. If one person falls, the other can reach out and help. But someone who falls alone is in real trouble. Likewise, two people lying close together can keep each other warm. But how can one be warm alone? A person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand back to back and conquer. Three are even better, for a triple braided cord is not easily broken. Matthew eighteen, nineteen, and 20. I also tell you this, if two of you agree here on earth concerning anything you ask, my Father in heaven will do it for you. For where two or three gather together as my followers, I am there among them. Acts 1, 4 and 5, 12 through 14. Once, when he was eating with them, he commanded them, Do not leave Jerusalem until the Father sends you the gift he promised. As I told you before, John baptized with water, but in just a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Then the apostles returned to Jerusalem from the Mount of Olives, a distance of half a mile. When they arrived, they went to the upstairs room of the house where they were staying. Here are the names of those who were present. Peter, John, James, Andrew, Philip, Thomas, Bartholomew, Matthew, James, son of Alphaeus, Simon the Zealot, and Judas, son of James. They all met together and were constantly united in prayer, along with Mary, the mother of Jesus, several other women, and the brothers of Jesus. Romans 15, 30 through 32. Dear brothers and sisters, I urge you in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to join in my struggle by praying to God for me. Do this because of your love for me given to you by the Holy Spirit. Pray that I will be rescued from those in Judea who refuse to obey God. Pray also that the believers there will be willing to accept the donation I am taking to Jerusalem. Then, by the will of God, I will be able to come to you with a joyful heart, and we will be an encouragement to each other. Colossians 1, 9, and 11. So we have not stopped praying for you since we first heard about you. We ask God to give you complete knowledge of his will and to give you spiritual wisdom and understanding. We also pray that you will be strengthened with all his glorious power so you will have all the endurance and patience you need. May you be filled with joy. This is the word of the Lord.
1: Good morning again. I'm Howard Brown, the pastor at Christ Central. And um, a couple of things this morning. Um, I want to recognize Reverend Charles McKnight and his wife, Charlotte, and family over there to our right. Um, who are <clears throat> visiting with us today. Of course, Charles, church planner, we sent out to plant our daughter church in West Charlotte. And he and his family are moving to Winston-Salem, is that right? And um, going to be doing some ministry up there. And, uh, and I also wanted to recognize, along with him, um, some of you are new to our church, so you have no idea, right? Um, we have also in attendance every week, right? Reverend Omari Hill. Omari, right over there. All right. Um I just like doing this, especially on ordination Sunday, you know. And um, then we also have Reverend Tom Henry. Where are you at, Tom? I know I thought I saw you. The dairy is right there. Um, and I just want y'all to know, you know, we have some PCA pastors up in here today. And um, just wanted to give. Did I miss anybody? Because, you know, when you start doing that, you miss somebody. Okay. Okay. Um, <clears throat> just want to let you know, Kelly, my wife. My bride, my love, is out with a cold a day. Um, she did an assessment center, and assessment center is something we do as a denomination where people who want to plant churches, um, who they come to this, um, like, it's not a retreat because it isn't pleasurable if you're the one getting assessed, ain't that right, Charles? Um, we went through it, um, you know, 20-something years ago, and it still is very unpleasant because they check everything under the hood you know what I'm saying and uh, to see whether you're gifted or called to do church planting and Kelly is a one that they always want they always want her to come to assessment and Kelly is really good at it I don't know if you know this but your first lady is incredibly gifted in a number of ways and she gets asked to do a lot of things in this denomination because of her expertise in church work and church planting and all those things um she likes church government and all. I mm-mm, I don't like it, but she's really good at it. Um, and so she works for our denominational ministry, African-American ministries as well. And so um, she's gotten in her car and on the plane and gone to serve, but she can still get sick, I see. And so she came back with a cold. So pray for her recovery. And um, one more little personal privilege thing. The Brown family now has all adults in our house. Clark turned 18 yesterday. Yeah. It's amazing how that happens. It's a miracle, like a biblical miracle, because I'm 28. You know what I'm saying? Uh, Wow. It's Kelly's 27. We hadn't moved uh, in 20 years. Um, But it's just amazing. But yeah, everybody's thinks they grown in the house, right? But only two people actually pay the bills. So um, we know how that goes. We black, y'all. If you don't pay the bills, we let you know. We remind you every now and then. You don't pay no bills in here. I guess it's not a black thing. It's probably anybody. Kids start acting a little grown. What bill you pay? Don't get in that shower. Don't get in that shower, that water, Mm-mm. right? Or that gas bill, don't get in a hot shower, right? Uh, but anyway, enough of that, because I can keep going, you know. Uh, But we continue in our prayer, um, broken prayer journey today. Um, And thanks, Pastor Josh, for preaching on fasting last week. It is not a practice um, on my sabbatical that I uh, did much in, as some of y'all can tell. Um, But it's neither a, you know, it is neither a health or spiritual practice that I've participated in much. And I have so much more to learn from God through you, my brother, about fasting. And the title of this sermon today, though, may look somewhat familiar, right, to y'all late 80s hip-hop crowd, mm-hmm. Rob Bass and DJ Easy Rock, hmm. drop, Ain't they from your part of town, I? They from um, Brooklyn, I think, well, you, okay, anyway, you're from the Bronx, I got to get that careful. Okay, oh, that's Brooklyn over there. Okay, gotcha. They dropped the song, It Takes Two, in 1988, and it blew up the charts. It has also been argued that it is one of the best hip-hop songs of all time, right? You like that one? Did they do the little, I'm not going to do the dance. Okay, so, and the chorus goes somewhere like, something like this. It Takes Two to make things go right. It Takes Two to make it out of sight. Yes, somebody did a little noise. Hit it right, and I can't think of a more apropos hymn refrain for us. Refrain for us today when it comes to prayer, right? They must have been closet theologians because the Bible teaches very clearly when it comes to prayer and devotional life. It takes two or more to make prayer go right, right? It takes two or more to deal with what may be. Out of sight. See, I had to make it corny. (laughs) Sorry, sons. Um, But we have a tendency, especially in our cancel and judgmental and anonymous culture, to be solitary. Unknown. Not sharing too much of ourselves or our true selves with anyone. And it gets weird when someone puts too much out there about themselves and their struggles, right? We want to stay unencumbered. And on to the next thing or on to the next one, right? But, but the Lord, the one who has made us and created us to flourish in and through relationships, calls us to better and more and higher in prayer. As we'll see from the Bible today, the Lord designed our spiritual prayer journeys to be personal but shared. Secondly, the Lord designed our spiritual prayer journeys to be gifts for the community. And finally, as we will see, our spiritual prayer journeys become an audience for God's celebrity. Our journeys should be shared, gifts, and an audience for the Lord. Our prayer journeys, as I said, are intended to be personal but shared because we are too vulnerable alone. The irony of this statement, though, is that when it comes to meeting and sharing prayers, you and I can feel too vulnerable to let anybody else in, right? Like, I feel too vulnerable to pray with somebody else. During our sabbatical and our marriage counseling this summer, um, there was lots of push for me and Kelly to pray together and do devotion together, right? And for our family to pray And do devotion together. And let me go ahead and let y'all know, we still have not achieved what I would describe as a passing grade in this area. You know why? Because Kelly and I don't always like each other. Y'all didn't know that? Right? Right? Well, she said that I'm not always likable. How about that? (laughs) We're two very strong personalities. And it can be all out defensiveness and all that stuff, all the stuff that goes on in marriage, right? And the boys, well, they're teenage boys, now both legal adult range, but they are busy, and they are growing, and they're independent, and dad and husband, guess what? He's a pastor, and you know, he's gonna try to preach, and he's gonna be, it's gonna get sickening, we don't want to be in there, and I'm afraid trying to lead the family in prayer and devotion, or Kelly alone in prayer and devotion, because I'm afraid there's gonna be pushback, and I get all defensive and what's taking so long? Sit up, get straight, what's happening, right? We just, it's crazy. And we are afraid to risk that vulnerability. But not just in the family dynamics. We all struggle to share anything or most things that are troubling us the deepest and the most with anyone. And we can hate those prayer times and meetings and let's go to prayer meeting oh lord i don't want to go to no prayer meeting they're to ask me to pray y'all about to do it now at thanksgiving if you go to the spiritual family's house for thanksgiving all right we're gonna go around and let everybody pray for what they're thankful for and you're gonna start sweating right or if granddaddy gonna pray oh lord it's gonna be like four minutes long and we hungry Sometimes you go to pray, you don't want to pray, you're too vulnerable to pray because you don't know if you are praying well enough. You ever go into prayer times and you're thinking, I wonder what everybody going to think about what I'm praying. And as you're praying, you're sort of thinking, is this a good prayer? Is this cool? Am I saying the right things about the Lord? All that stuff. Hope they don't ask me to pray. Some of y'all hope they do ask me to pray. I got a lot to say, Right. But in those areas of insecurity that show, but it is in, rather, those areas of insecurity, those fears you have that show that we are vulnerable and as human beings in general. And therefore, guess what? Ironically, we will stay vulnerable alone in our spiritual, devotional, and prayer journeys because guess what? Things just happen to us. Stuff's happening all around us and in us that are, hear me, and this is very difficult for us individualistic Americans to hear, there is stuff in you personally that you were just dealing with alone and in this world that are too big for you to deal with. Too big and that God has not called or created us to pray through alone. Did you know you too much to handle for yourself? I know I am. Whether it's addictions, or mental emotional struggles, or just playing out broken world stuff and circumstances. We are too vulnerable in ourselves, in this tumultuous, trying, spiritually dark and confusing world, to make decisions and determinations about it and ourselves without having someone else walk with us, not only in material issues, but also in the unseen spiritual places where the real stuff happens. I mean, Ecclesiastes passage we read is Right? We will freeze alone. Did you hear that? That's exactly where some of us are. We're frozen. We're stalled. We can't move. We're freezer burnt, if you will, in our faith. You ain't doing a thing spiritually, doing some messed up, damaging things, because you don't have the God-called-for warmth and motivation of another person praying with or about or for you. Some of us just have some really self-condemning, self-hating, self-medicating, calling stuff good that ain't good and bad that isn't bad, making really bad decisions because we have not taken, like our Matthew passage is teaching us, whatever is going on in prayer to the Lord with someone else. You know, misery doesn't just like company. The Bible is teaching misery needs company. Without company, spiritual misery is guaranteed, y'all? Let me say this. The Lord has created things, right? Good things. And we have caused the Bible teaches that you and I, this world, has caused, contributed and become confused by situations, that we inherit, that we've been affected and dig emotional and spiritual holes, too big to fill or handle alone, too big for us to pray through and work through alone. I thought about this and I was looking, reading Genesis again. And you know why God made Eve after he made Adam? Adam, the first perfect human? The Bible tells us that it was not good, even for him, a perfect individual, to be alone. Even in a perfect world. A perfect world at that time. So the Bible says God created another equally perfect created human being to match Adam. To match his desires. To match his work. And hear me. Hear this this part. To help Adam and then Adam help Eve to worship enjoy and seek out the Lord with him because guess what? Why else you need somebody to pray with you or for you? God himself is too much to handle alone. Look at our Matthew passage and then we're going to look at our Colossians passage. Matthew 18 says this. I also tell you this. If two of you, this is verse 19, agree here on earth concerning anything you ask, my Father in heaven will do it for you. For where two or three gather together as my followers, I am there among them. Right? Now look at the Colossians passage, it says here. We have not stopped praying for you since we first heard about you. We ask God to give you com- complete knowledge of his will and to give you spiritual wisdom and understanding. Then the way you live will always honor and please the Lord, and your lives will produce every kind of good fruit. All the while, you will grow as you learn to know God better and better. We also pray that you will be strengthened with all his glorious power so that you will have the endurance and patience you need. May you be filled with joy. Right Now, I want you to know this. Behind each of these prayer requests is God's sovereign and powerful work. Where we are seeking. Now, listen to these. Both of these, uh, both of these scriptures are seeking and involving the presence of, and help of an almighty God. The call to be praying with and for one another emphasizes the Lord in all his glory and love and desire for us is often hidden, right? The good things about God are hidden with the, behind the shade and clouds, not only of our sin, but our human limitations and being able to see it and get it. So living life with God in eternal, perfect, almighty, all-loving, all-giving, all-gracious God is sometimes something we can't see and even explore that God wants to give us, as He's explaining in Colossians, because of our limitations as human individuals. God wants you to get more of Him. He wants you to get more of what he's prepared for you. And what he is saying is, alone, you will become discouraged in getting it. You won't have the strength or endurance or power or ability or even faith to go get it. It'll be hard for you to believe sometimes that God is that loving if someone isn't praying that your heart would be open to that love. On the Food Network, they have this show, Man Vs. Food. Some of y'all have seen it. And the host takes on crazy food challenges. Like, eat this super hot wing thing in this minute, that's time, or this 35-inch pizza in this many minutes, or this monster-sized bowl of chili, and you get it. You get your name on the wall or a T-shirt or something free. And sometimes it's not the Man Vs. Food thing. Have y'all ever been to a restaurant and everything's real expensive, but you wanna taste everything? So, what you do, Kelly and I will go, hey, why don't you get this? I'll get this. And it's like we beat the system and got everything. All right? No, no, what we want, you know, give, give us that, cut that in half, give us that, cut that in half, and bring two plates, right? And, and you know, I feel like I'm getting over there looking like, oh, man, they got us, right? No. It's because we want to eat everything. There's so many good things. And it's even better when you got a whole bunch of people there, right? Especially if they're not greedy and, they, and they're willing to share. And it's like. Everybody got these plates all over the thing, and it's like, let's just order. I love when you say, let's just order a bunch of stuff, and we can all. Now, don't do it if you're hungry, okay, because I'm, when I'm hungry and greedy. I, I, anyway, so it's like, let's just share it. Oh, my gosh, you can get almost the whole menu. The more people there are, you can enjoy more of what's been prepared. Everything I read in the Bible. We don't have what it takes to consume and enjoy God and his goodness alone. Think what God's menu looks like for you. His blessings, his power, his providence, his gifts, even his individual spiritual growth for each one of us. We have to invite others to dig in with us in this journey to knowing God better. To lend ourselves spiritually through prayer so we can each personally get all that we could or should for all we are going through and all the Lord is offering of himself. I've been doing these personal retreats and like I told y'all two uh, sermons ago, I actually went somewhere cold. It was really cold. It was bad, cold for this low country man right here, right? So I went up north, went up to that crazy Pennsylvania-West Virginia border area. Amen. (laughs) Go back to Philly, man. (laughs) Because it was sleeting, snowing, raining, but the trees looked good, right? And I just, and I looked at the trees, and I stopped sometimes on, you know, somewhere along the way, they have these little places you can stop and overlook. And I took some pictures, and I was just looking and praying and enjoying the Lord and kind of letting the cold get to me a little bit, you know. And this experience, and the first thing I said was, I wish Kelly and the boys were here with me. I couldn't take it in alone. I was supposed to go on a personal retreat, but wow, it's like too much. The pictures won't do it any good. Like they needed to be here. You see, our prayer journeys are God's gift, not only for us, but for the good of community. Because we get to travel with them in their prayer journey virtually or vicariously. I want us to look at our Romans passage here and and, and, and look at verse, beginning at verse 3, I mean 30. It says here, and this is Paul uh, writing to uh, the church in Rome, and it says this, Dear brothers and sisters, I urge you in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to join in my struggle by praying to God for me. Do this because of your love for me, I love this part, given to you by the Holy Spirit. You know how we say it, it, I love you. In the Lord. No, it's not nice. To to pause. I love you. In the Lord. right? Because otherwise... But it says here, Pray that I will be rescued from those in Judea who refuse to obey God. Pray also that the believers there will be willing to accept the donation I am taking to Jerusalem. Then by the will of God, I will be able to come to you with a joyful heart, and we will be an encouragement to each other. Paul is calling for others to pray for him. And I love how he lays out all the details of the journey that he is going on and struggling through and trying to keep the faith through. And the way this is written, it is like Paul is saying, go with me, right? Be with me. Travel with me spiritually on my actual journey. I want you to have a virtual and vicarious role in my personal adventures in life, not by watching a movie in 4K UHD or getting into virtual reality machine or playing a first-person game, but by taking my prayers and struggles into your personal and prayer lives as you do as if they were your very own. Remember the Christian artist Michael W. Smith? I'm showing my age. One of his most popular songs in the 80s. It was very sappy. And if y'all graduated in the 80s, everybody sang this song. Remember? Here's where the road divides, right? Here's where we say goodbye and everybody crying. And it says, pray for me and I'll pray for you, right? Something about the Father's great design and all that. Commencements all around the country did this song. And that's great. But I want you to think of it this way. Pray for me and pray with me and you actually go with me. Right? That's what spiritual intercessory prayer is allowing us to do. And so on one hand, we hide no detail and we leave as little to be imagined in how we are feeling or, or whether we are happy or sad or struggling. We tell all the details. This is what's going on. This is how I felt. This is what really happened. This is what made me angry. This is what made me sad. This is what made me stop doubt, made me start doubting God. This is when I stopped reading my Bible because I didn't think God was in my prayers. Right? When well, you share everything that we are happy or sad or struggling with and we paint as clear as a picture that we can so that the community can ride or die, rather, you know, ride or be live with us in prayer. And here's the thing. The, Paul's journey, as we now see written in this Bible, centuries later, now we get to ride on a journey with them and we're learning that stuff. But could you imagine what it must have been for those who were in the thick of it spiritually as Paul shared this back then? They're spiritually edified and grew in endurance and faith through Paul's suffering and struggling prayer and spiritual journey that they joined him on through prayer. What am I saying? What is this showing us? We don't just travel vicariously or, or virtually when we join and share our prayer and devotional journey. We actually get blessed by it. Look at verse 32 um, in, our, in our Romans passage. It says, once you join me in prayer, once, when you're praying for me, g- guess what's going to happen? Then, by the will of God, I will be able to come to you with a joyful heart, right? And will be an encouragement to each of you. Y'all see how that works? Paul is saying there will be this consummate joy and encouragement because they have prayed with him And for him in his prayer journey. That they will meet with him. They will meet him with shared joy and encouragement and accomplishment. That what he had gotten and gathered on this journey because of their prayer, they will be able to join in the spoils, if you will, of all that God has given him personally for the community at large. That what Paul gained on that journey, what Paul gained in his struggle not only a faith from their prayers, but in his journey, when he comes back, he is going to give them what God blessed him with as they joined, right? He's saying this because guess what? Prayer's real. You were truly and actually part of God's work and plan and power on my journey. Your prayer and your participation were just as important as the person sailing my ship. As, imper- as important as the person making the meals. You were my company on dark and lonely, uncertain nights. You were a fellow fan when, I looked, when it looked like I had lost. So you get to enjoy and revel in this, and God is going to bless you through this. I saw my neighbor walking his dog, and of course, he was sporting his number one Carolina Panthers jersey. Right? That thing looked old too. Looked like he had that thing in the bottom of the drawer and pulled that thing out. He was walking. Hey, so happy. Number one, huh? Why? Because Cam's back. But he ain't Cam Newton. He even got his name on the back of his jersey. I'm like, who is that guy? No, your, your last name, Donnelly. You ain't Cam Newton. And when the Panthers win, after nail-biting and sweating through a game and on and on, we jump up and we say, what? We win! What? We won! Right? When we pray together for someone and someones, we win. If they win at all, they get a diamond ring. But at least we get to sing, right? Y'all remember that. If they get the ring, we get something. We get to sing. What? We won. Worship and prayer, I want to say that because worship and prayer encouragement does not always and only come from your actual life. All right, this, this is something people wonder sometimes. Like, when we come to worship, you know, I just ain't feeling nothing. Why everybody looks so happy or sad or oh, Lord and all of that, that ain't me. You know what I wonder? Because th- what this is teaching us about community, can you look across the room at anybody and can anybody look across the room and worship at you and say I got a reason to worship because of their story see the blessing of community prayer sometimes I'm worshiping God because I know what somebody else has gone through See, some of y'all can't worship in here today. You can't really gain what God is saying. Your hearts aren't hungry for the things of the Lord. You aren't broken open for the things of the Lord because you're spiritually journeying and prayer journeying alone. You see, people think there's no big deal in church membership, right? Church has become... Audience membership, right? So many churches in Charlotte, really big churches, it's like going to a concert. And what I mean is I'm not talking about what's going on up here. I ain't criticizing anything going up here, right? The singing, the preaching, the lights. I don't what I'm talking about. I'm talking about how the people out there feel. What are you? Are you in a prayer spiritual journey with somebody else joined in committed membership to to, to hear what's going on and actually spiritually walking with them through things? It's then when you get not only this connection. See, here's the deal. You not only get the horizontal connection, but it increases your vertical connection with the Lord. I have a friend, Reverend Stephen Gilchrist, he's in um, Atlanta, young pastor, just got ordained a few weeks ago, and he called me. He's like, Pastor Brown, can you call me? And, you know, I mentor him, and we we talk a lot, young man, and um, I called him, and um, he was like, "Uh, I need some prayer today. I said, well, what's going on? He says, I grew up with Julius Jones in Oklahoma. If you don't know who Julius Jones is, he was the young African-American man who was on death row in Oklahoma. Lots of controversy about whether he should die or whether he should live. And Stephen says, I grew up with him. And there's a lot of politics involved. And people will be angry with this governor, right, For political reasons, if they don't kill Julius Jones. Now, this is not a statement about the death penalty, so please don't go there. This is a statement about prayer right now. So he says, pray for me and pray for Julius. I know the family, blah, blah, blah. He went on, and I just listened, and I started praying. And I'm, you know, going on. I stopped to get gas, and I looked at my phone, and it says... Julius Jones' sentence. He's he's been commuted to life in prison, and they're not gonna kill him, right? It was only a few hours. I'm in there crying. Why? What happened to me? I didn't even know. I got on the journey, right? There was a prayer journey, just kind of knowing the history. And statistics about young African-American men per capita killed compared, like, it's just a big mess. It, I entered a journey, and the Lord blessed me. I got back in my car. I mean, I had a real good time with the Lord, and it was quick, right? I talked to him that morning, like 10 o'clock, By 4 o'clock. I done had an incredible time in the spirit, Right? Can you sing for somebody else's life? Is anybody singing for yours? Is anyone encouraged by your journey? When you keep it from us, when you keep your prayer life, like asking somebody to pray for you or about you, and you list those details, when you keep that testimony from us, right? Right? You keep a gift that God has given, not just you, but the church. You are important in your prayer journey to what goes on in here. Unless you're in a place where it's just an audience. And we refuse for this to be an audience as much as we can at Christ Central. Because the prayer journey and community with others creates a perfect audience, rather, for God's Celebrity, look real quick at the Ecclesiastes passage. Um, it says here in in verse 12 in that passage, the last verse in that passage that we have in your your bulletin A person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand back to back and conquer. Three are even better, for a triple braided cord is not easily broken. Now, quickly. The three-strand cord points to a marriage ceremony where during a ceremony, two pieces of rope, one representing the bride's life and the groom's life, are wrapped and tied together. I've seen it around each other's hands as they're joined together. But it points to the two becoming one, right? Fully present as individuals into one relationship. But this says three strands. Y'all see that? The third strand points to the Lord himself. That when his people are tied together in prayerful, devotional and unity, the Lord is not only... Sometimes we get this confused. He's not only philosophically, right, or religiously the reason they can be and stay together. He is promising to be there in person, to be present with them. He appears in cameos in that kind of oneness, prayer being one of them, right? Look again at our Matthew passage. In verse 19, it says this. I also tell you this. If two of you agree here on earth concerning anything you ask, my Father in heaven will do it for you. For where two or three gather together as my followers, I am there among you. Now this two-touch and agree, applies to a number of really specific situations. I'm not going to get into it right now. Church discipline, whether someone should be deemed a believer or not, and on and on. But the core of all these decisions is this idea, that the Lord is... Present In the prayers of two or more in a peculiar way as they wed and joined together in their shared issues and concerns before the Lord. The Lord says yes, right? I don't mean it. It's not the same thing. as okay. You get whatever you want. But yes, I hear you. Yes, I see you. Yes, I am all up in this situation and dilemma and decision. That might mean that I have to I'm promising to fix or undo something that is not very wise. But I am present and active, and Lord all over, and in that prayer, and in y'all. Praying together creates an audience, right? That God is always going to make a celebrity or cameo appearance. You know, when when there has been a Marvel movie, when fans gathered to watch, when he was live, who was always going to be in this? Stan Lee, y'all remember that? The one who created Marvel. So you'll be in it. This stand, everybody like, like nobody else can see it, right? Yeah, look, hey, everybody. I mean you see it. That's Stan Lee right there. And they're like, shut up, we all know. Whenever they do these movies, we know he's gonna be in there. So we're already looking for him. Be quiet, man. Here's why God being all in there is important. The third chord is the Lord's prayer chord. Y'all see that the Lord is communicating and interceding with and forth. I have often asked the question, who is praying for you? Like name three people who are actually deeply knowingly praying for you. And most of us can't name one, but there is one that is always doing that when we come together in two or more, who will never stop praying for you, who has made himself most vulnerable, right, by hanging on a cross so that your prayers can be answered, who publicly cried out in full shame and sorrow a feeling forsaken. Jesus became the only man when he was on the cross who had to pray and walk alone. And he experienced that so that we, right, would never have to handle and bear our souls and our sins and our lives and our prayers and devotions alone. He is promising because he was broken to be the cord. He is promising. Because I was broken, I'm going to be the cord that is unbroken when two or more of us come together. And we'll see more next week. How Jesus being in it changes everything powerfully. He makes it that much more freeing and trusting to be vulnerable and not journey alone. To be the gift of community that prays for. You know, when I was young, Ger. <laughs> yeah, got y'all. When I wanted to go out with friends to a party. And all that stuff. Now I'm asking the same questions. Y'all know some of those questions when my boys want to go to a party. Or go to the mall or something like that. Kids don't go to the mall like we used to. But what do I ask? Who's going to be there? Will there be adults or parents there? Especially if we just go into and so-and-so's house and hang out. mm like, like on the Cosby show, where they used to say, is everybody uh, vertical in there? Right, no, we're not, we not doing that. Where there be adults or parents, where y'all going? Which friends are you going with? Do I know them? Do I have their parents' numbers? Sometimes, I mean, you can still get around it. I used to try to get around it, you know. But it's sort of like, who, who, Yeah. You heard about this party? Yeah. Okay. Ain't no party? Okay, good. Like, you, you at the house? No, we on vacation. Oh, okay, hey, yeah. You ain't going, right? <laughs> Do I have their mom and daddy's information? When I drop you off at the house, I want to see their daddy or mama at the front door. Right? Right? <laughs> I might even walk you in. No, dad, please don't go in. I put my good shoes on. Son, I got the cool shoes. It'll be all right. (laughs) Dad, please don't go in. Okay. I told my son once I told Clark, you can go to this birthday party, right? I want to see the dad or the mom at the door. If I don't, I'm going in to find him. (laughs) All right, dad. All right. All right. I said, you got a few minutes to get the dad to the door. If he ain't at the door, I'm going in. Okay. All right. They don't want me to be seen by their friends. I don't know what it is. I think I look pretty good, right? I'm the cool dad. That's why they don't want me doing it. But for their safety and our confidence in letting them go, we want them to even have a good time. Not a disaster. We can pray as two or more with confidence and assurance and safety and for hope and joy and peace because as his child, God the Father has made sure Jesus will be there with you as your most trusted friend wherever and whatever y'all prayerfully go and get into. Whether the answer may be no or not yet or whatever, Jesus is going to be there. So pray together. Share together. Go in all, go, go in, all in together. Journey together. It's going to be okay. Because when we pray together, it takes two. and The third being Jesus. And that will make everything go right. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you. You're there. Help us to be there. You're going to go. Help us to go with one another. Lord, I do pray um, for folks who aren't in families or aren't married sometimes it can be difficult to find vulnerability and intimacy that can be appropriate number one, number two or that someone's just there and close enough or a friend enough to pray together with and for each other Lord I pray for Secondly, our married folks, man, marriage is difficult and can be just as difficult, if not more difficult, than not being married. And Lord, the, the struggles of praying together as a couple, extremely hard for, some, for many of us. And Lord, praying together as a family, it just exponentially gets hard Lord, I do pray for this congregation. I pray that you would make them a congregation and not an audience of people who just like the same thing. But Lord, I pray that there would be a group of people who love one another and love one another because you have loved them. Please do that. Give us courage to share with one another what's going on in our lives. And ask, pray for me that Jesus can come. And we know you will come. Thank you, Lord, for this time. We pray and ask in Jesus' name. Amen.